0: So a Psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech who drove him away and departed. So where this is speaking of a specific uh, situation, I'd like you to put your marker on Psalm 34. Uh, Take a left in your Bible, excuse me, and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 21. 1 Samuel 21. Once you get there you can find verse 10. 1 Samuel 21, verse 10. So to preface this, uh, David, this is one of those times in the scripture, David's on the run from Saul. He was on the run from Saul a few times. <laughs> David, yeah, I mean, Saul would sometimes be like, "Yeah, come on back," and then he'd just freak out again, and David's running again. Spears are sticking in the wall as, as Saul's trying to get him, and and uh, very much a, you know, have uh, you probably heard the term "hairpin trigger"? <laughs> that was Saul, you know. So uh, he was he was driven mad, uh, and uh, he was very unpredictable. So David on the run from Saul. So in verse 10 here, uh, it says that David arose and fled that day uh, from before Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slayed, slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? Now, David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before him, pretended madness in their uh, their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, let his saliva fall down on his beard. He was the best foot forward. Then Achish said to his servants, look. You see the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Verse 1 of 22. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So now you can turn back to Psalm 34. So David is a smart man. (laughs) So he's smart because he's running from Saul. And now he gets in the presence of the Philistines. And as he's there, he uh, is in a spot where he has to, uh, he realizes that he's vulnerable. And uh, he, so he decides to act like he's mad, decides to act like he's crazy. And uh, he's, he's, uh, howling, scratching at the doors, uh, and and the new uh, sorry the King James says, "Let his spittle run down." You know his saliva. He's spitting all over himself, and he's acting like a complete madman. And the king is like, "Why did you bring this guy here? What are you doing? You're bothering me." And and David did this. It saved him for a little while. <clears throat> and, uh, and then he's he's told to leave the king's presence. So he goes and he's hiding in a cave. And it is believed that um, David, now we know that this psalm is about this, uh, but that that he may have even sang this to the group of guys that were hanging out with him in the cave. And uh, so as David writes this, this, this is coming from a pretty significant time in his life where he realized that you know what, at this point, what I need to do is I need to act like I'm completely out of my mind. You know, he was in that that type of type of circumstance where how am I gonna survive this? I'm gonna act crazy. You know, he didn't have the best of names again, you know, among those people. So here's David. Wait a minute, isn't this the guy? Saul's killed his thousands, David killed. We've heard of this guy. Well, what are we doing? We got him right here. What are we gonna do? David hears that and starts going, I'm gonna play mad. I'm gonna play crazy. And he did, and it saved his life. And he got cast out, and he runs and he hides in the cave of Adullam. So, uh, (coughs) excuse me, that's the setting (coughs) that we're we're picking up. And uh, David here is pouring out his heart in praise uh, to the Lord. He had been delivered from Saul, and he just went through this uh, in in their presence, and now he's hanging out in a cave. And uh, so um, he's he he writes this and he says, "I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth." I will bless the Lord. You know that song we sing, "Blessed be Your Name," and it's got that those strong roots in Job. We could put those on here too, because what he's saying here, "I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise uh, will be continually in my mouth." He's in a cave. You know how many of us are going to go to a cave and be like, "All right, it's time to praise the Lord." He was like, "Look where the Lord brought me. I'm in a cave. I'm hiding away, and uh, and He knows that He's alive because the Lord kept Him alive, and uh, now He He's He's just pouring His heart out to the Lord. I, we know we've studied uh, David. I think he's written all of the Psalms that we've read uh, read so far uh, up till till now, and uh, we know that you know those uh, there, you know, uh, Asaph and, and, uh, there are other authors, but, uh, David wrote a lot of songs, you know, he just, they were just pouring out of him. He was a poet and he loved to write songs. He was a musician. And, um, I, it's funny that, uh, uh, musicians are, are funny. And, uh, when, when you get to those people that are true, like, uh, those, um, I, I've always uh, told my wife uh, years ago that uh, I, I know people in my life, very close friends of mine, that they, if they could, would live as hermits. And all they do is write songs and play music, right? And uh, um, often singers specifically are are very emotional, very dramatic. And I had a friend that uh, – he's still a, a you know a, a brother of mine I love him very much but I could be having conversations with this man and we're sitting there eating lunch together and no doubt I'm sitting here talking to him like this and his head is turned completely and he's just staring at something out the window. out and I'm sitting and I'm just talking and eventually I, I kind of learned this and I just look at him and I just stop or I just start say, saying something like yeah the pink elephants all over the place and he'd He'd come back and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, man, because his heart was out somewhere else. His mind was somewhere else. He was he was that type of person. You know, David, David could be in a cave and just just be sitting there like, give me a scroll. I got to write something, you know, and he's he's just got to write. He's got to pour out so he can be anywhere and just be writing a song. The people that are gifted in songwriting can just rip it out and, and just do it. I, I don't believe that I'm gifted in songwriting. I, uh, I've, I've sat there and I've had little phrases come up in my head. and I'll be driving to hand my phone to Jan, and just be like, type this. So I've probably got 50 notes on my phone that don't make any sense to anybody, including me. I don't even know what, what music I'd put to it. But, you know, I just had those things. But David had a gift, and he shared that gift. The Lord gave him that gift for him to minister to him, to minister to those around him, and to minister to us even today. As we as we read uh, what the Lord did in him, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise, you know, he's, he's not talking about I'm, I'm in a cave and I'm just going to complain. And, you know, look where I just had to run from and I just had to play. He realizes that the Lord is protecting him and the Lord is his his uh, the, his shelter. You know, we are just saying shelter me. You know, and uh, his praise will continuously be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it, (laughs) hear of it, and be glad. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. In this world, and especially in these days, boasting is is encouraged. If you haven't noticed that, um, if you haven't watched sports lately, just turn on whatever sport you want to watch and they're getting more and more flamboyant and boasting about what they just did you know the lord doesn't like a proud look you know if you look at those those things where, where the scripture says six things the lord hates yes seven are an abomination to him one of them's a proud look you know that oh look look how great i am and all those things there's a difference in being confident you have to be confident especially a professional athlete you have to be confident you don't have to be boastful. You know that that I mean. Here, here's a man that you know he could be sitting there going, "Yeah, I can boast." You know, they sing songs about my my uh, my uh, war conquests. You know, my the conquering that I've, I've I've accomplished in my life. But he knows that his boast is in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. The humble shall hear of it and be so. When the humble hear of a boast in the Lord. You know, when, when, when somebody is hum- in, of humility of heart and, and uh, knows with, when we know our place and we're properly in a place of humility before the Lord, we're going to be blessed when if there's any boasting, that boasting is in the Lord, right? That's the only time we can boast. That's the only time we're allowed to is if we're boasting in the goodness of God, you know, what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. Then we're allowed to you know, boast away, I say boast away in him where he gets 100% of the glory 100% of the praise if we're like yeah and my 1 2% eh, wrong <laughs> you know go back that's not the way it's supposed to be that the lord would be praised i love that the humble uh, shall he- uh, the humble shall hear of it and be glad uh, i know i anytime that i see uh, somebody where they are given an opportunity to speak and when they're giving praise and glory and honor to the Lord, I, my heart is glad. You know, and I hope that, that I can be uh, included included in that um, that group of, of you know those that are humble, that are uh, you know live our lives in humility uh, before the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Magnify His name with Him, and let us exalt Him his name together that what we just did, we sing songs together to praise God And corporately. We get together. No doubt. I imagine all of us are, uh, you know, Grammy winning singers when we're in our car, right? Because that's when we're most confident by ourselves, right? That's playing there. Or when you have headphones on, right? I've, I've had headphones on and then I'll shut them off and I'm singing. I'm like, I'm totally off key. You know, (laughs) I, I usually can, can find the right key when I'm singing or whatever, but sometimes I'll be like, I'll turn that off. I'm like, I'm way off, you know. But when we got those headphones on, we're praying and we're singing. But there's nothing more special than us getting together. And as we lift our voices together, uh, that, that we praise God together. <clears throat> Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all all around those who fear him and delivers them. So verse 4, he says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. God has a pattern. Of doing that he has a way of doing that that as we seek him we find him right as we call out to him. we were just in John 16 this morning and uh, part of it brought us to Matthew 7 where the Lord is speaking ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open those are those are all active things that we are to do and as we do it we see ask and it will be given to you seek and it will find um now I'm drawing a blank. What's the last one? I just knocked. Thank you, knock, and it will be open. It's the it's Friday. It's whatever day it is. Oh my goodness, right? It's it's uh it's Sunday evening, and uh, I was uh, we were we were drive we were getting ready to drive down there. And like I said, I was I was sick those two days, so I'm still trying to get my my stamina back up. And I told Jen, I'm like I'm feeling it a little bit when we were heading heading back down here. So if if I say something weird, just give me a look, and I'll know that something went off here. But uh, David says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Okay. So we know he was running from Saul and he, we know that as he's scratching on the doors and he's drooling, he's praying, Lord, let this work, let me get out of this thing alive. And he gets cast out. And as he gets cast out, he runs and goes and hides in the cave, right? So, you know, he's uh, the Lord answered his prayers and uh, it, it, when, when he's saying those things, he said, delivered me. And then he says, uh, they looked to him, and, uh, to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. When we look on the face of God, you know, that, that as we look to him, it changes us, doesn't it? You, you may be thinking back to Moses, right? When Moses was in the presence of the Lord, and his face was radiating. You know, that that as we spend time with the Lord, it, it changes us. And we may go to the Lord uh, with with a heavy heart and a sad heart or, or whatever it is. But as we go, our countenance can even change. And then, when, you know, there, there can be a complete difference in us. And it can sometimes it's not going to be instantly, but sometimes it is. We go to the Lord and the Lord's like, I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. You've come to me. Just lay it at my feet. And then the burden's gone, right? Jesus said that. He said, come to me, all you who are, are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When we're, when we're burdened, we got those things. He gives us, uh, you know, that, that just his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And we can just, Lord, I, I, I don't know what to do here. I'm going to lay at your feet. Can you help me? And uh, the Lord blesses us. The poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles, especially in that day if you're poor, you're not blessed of the Lord. You know, you should be, even in this day, the craziness of of the, the Christian church is, wait a minute, you're poor? Oh, oh, you got sin in your life. You got sin in your life. You're supposed to be rich. You're supposed to be this and that, and you're not supposed to be sick. You don't have to, and, and you've heard me speak on that, that prosperity, uh, just filth that's out there. It's completely, uh, it, it, it's complete heresy. It's complete false teaching. It is not true. I even shared that. I, I can't remember which pastor it was, but there was, uh, the, he was trying to tell his congregation, you know, all about, oh, you shouldn't be sick. You shouldn't be hurt and everything while he's wearing the sling because he had to have shoulder surgery. Stupid. So dumb. The poor cried out and the Lord heard him. The Lord has a soft spot for those that are in great need. You know, we, when we can look at God's uh, system, his welfare system and, and know that, as the, the, the wealthy with their vineyards while they're gleaning or, or whatever fields they have, they work to, to clean it all, uh, you know, anything that dropped, they can't pick up. And there are certain spots they're supposed to leave for those that are poor, uh, for the widow to come by and get what they need. Oh, the Lord has a special, special place for those that rely on him. Well, the, the funny thing is, though, the poor can be also uh, tricked very easily. Um, the, uh, you know, somebody who, who is, who is living, um, uh, a life in poverty, uh, can also be drawn into, uh, a, a trick of, Hey, don't worry, just come. And as you gamble, whatever money you have, just bring it. You only have 20 bucks. Hey, you want to make that a hundred? Let's try this right now. You know, what's the, uh, house of the rising sun. Um, I, I that song, um, it was written from a poor kid's. I don't. I don't. I don't know who it came from. Anything. Don't hold me to it. But the the song's popping in my head right now. But it's written from a poor kid that that uh, they didn't have anything. And uh, his dad, even though they didn't have anything, went and gambled all the money away. You know, all that they had uh, because there's the draw. If if I was just rich, all my problems would go away. You know, the scripture warns about becoming rich quickly, that it's going to destroy our lives. You know, where's that? If I win the Megabucks, if I win the Power Play or whatever they, uh, Powerball, Powerball, sorry, the the Powerball, if I win all these things, if I just put in this, I know I don't have money to buy eggs right now. You know, I, 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 what I do have, I can either buy eggs or I can take this $5 and I can play, see if I can turn it into $100 billion or whatever it just was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and watch it destroy our lives. How many people? They do specials on these. Once they. Okay. So now you got all these things, and you got all these friends, and oh, hey, these guys like to party, they, and they like to party harder, and they got these drugs when they party, and then, whoo, there goes your life. <laughs> life's gone because you overdosed, you know, or or now you're trusting in riches, and your spiritual life's completely gone. Ah. I just like here that says the poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. Rich or poor, that the focus would be on the Lord. That's really where we should be. The poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Out of all of his troubles. The Lord is able to take care of every situation. We go to him, say, Lord, I need your help here. I need your help here. He loves to be the one that we rely upon. You're not bugging God. We're not. The scripture tells us not only does he love us with his agape love, phileo, he likes us. Meditate on that, that God actually likes us. That may be hard because a lot of us don't like ourselves, right? <laughs> you know, or we may like ourselves too much, hopefully not. But the, a lot of us can't stand ourselves like, ah, oh, I'm just a, you know, as, as the scripture, oh, wretched man that I am, right? You know, when, when, when Paul writes that, oh, wretched man, who's going to save me? You know, and he just boasts in God. You know, the Lord likes us. He loves us. He wants us to come to him for everything. Don't ever feel like, oh, this is too little or, you know, this is this is something, you know, I've already prayed three times today. Well, keep praying. You know, we, or there's there's no limit to how much we can pray. We just need to be pouring our hearts out to him. He's saved out of all his troubles. Verse 7 says, the angel of <coughs> the Lord <coughs> at camp's all around those who fear him and delivers them. If you ever, there's nothing that's more protective than the angel of the Lord encamping around us. Okay. If you haven't seen any of the, the, the superhero movies that are out there, they can put force fields around them and they've got, you know, laser beams and trucks and airplanes coming and, and you know, that's all fake. You know, there's there's no magic force field that you're going to put around you that's going to keep you from all those. You can have an armored vehicle, you can have all those things. At some point, those are going to fail. But when the Lord is encamped all around us, <laughs> we are we are set. There there's no better. Uh, there you're not going to find. Anything we can be more confident in than the Lord. It's the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. That the Lord would put a hedge of protection around us. There's no greater, you know, you can can have all the bulletproof this and that. and You can walk around in the Iron Man suit and all those things and they're going to fail at some point. But the Lord... The angel of the Lord encamps all around. When you can look through the Scripture and watch how the angel of the Lord, one hundred eighty-five thousand Assyrians, just taken right out in one, just nothing. You know, I'll take that that armor. I'll take that guy. You know, watching over me, the Lord watching over me. You know those those enemies that uh, that the Lord. I mean uh, that the Lord would have uh, the people, the children of Israel, just marching around the walls of Jericho. Right, and then the walls fall out. the Lord doesn't need us. he de- there's nothing we can do, just the might that's in the Lord uh, that that we can just trust in him. He doesn't need us to to accomplish things in our lives. He chooses to use us sometimes, but just knowing that he's so mighty that it can be something as silly as what we, what we would think is just, okay, I'm just going to walk in a circle, and I'm gonna walk in a circle again, and then again, whatever the Lord's telling us to do may seem stupid, they were being mocked, just be obedient. And the Lord's going to do what he's going to do. And we should know, uh, based on what we see in the scripture, we should know that when the Lord calls us and says, hey, I want you to go do that and don't worry about it. I got it. Go talk to your brother. Go talk to your sister. Go talk to whatever it is. Don't worry about the situation. I've got it under control. And we can trust in him. verse 8 O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man who trusts in him we could speak about that verse all day taste and see that the Lord is good just look at what God has done <clears throat> when we can look out in this world and realize that he's provided water shelter food. We've got everything we need and it's how we use our resources. We have the resources and he's blessed us with wisdom and, and knowledge to be able to use those to make our shelter. You know, it wasn't like God snapped his finger and boom, the building came uh, to be and everything, but God put us here. This building has, has, we've been in this, uh, this building, this church has been here for 20 years, 20 years. We've been right in this space. It's been different spots of it and we've expanded and we've moved and we've turned things around and And those things, but God has been so faithful. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He has been so faithful. There are some things that this church has been through even in the last five years. Just the the massive church split that we went through was just horrifying. It was awful. I'll just be honest and say there were times where literally my stomach was in knots as we're driving to church. Because I'm going, oh, I miss fellowship with that person. I miss fellowship with that person. Still love every single one of them. You know, I, I do. But just just to know, oh, man, the Lord is so good. We're still here. We're still here by God's grace, by his mercy. Oh, he's so good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. You know, if there's if there's anything that we would take away from a Bible study, If we walked in our lives just on this verse, taste and see that the Lord is good and meditate on that as Christians. I mean, we could take the whole gospel and and really look, okay, the Lord is good. I'm not good, but the Lord is good. The Lord is so good that he loved me so much that even while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me, right? Romans 5 tells us. The Lord is so good that he's provided salvation to us just as we come to him, that he sent his, his only begotten son, that if we just believe in him, we'll not perish, but we'll have everlasting life because the Lord is so good. All I'm going to do is trust in him. If we, we just take that verse and carry that with us, it, we just why do I follow the Lord? Because he's good. Why do I trust him? Because he's good. Yeah, you know, we can build our lives around that verse, obviously, that's not where we're supposed to stop we're supposed to study the whole of God's word and know it right but if we if, if we can you know there's a that's that would be one of those verses God is good and we need to trust him <laughs> if if that's what we get from this study amen oh fear the Lord, you his saints there is no want to those who fear him. the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Those who seek the Lord, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man who trusts in Him. Fear the Lord, O you His saints. There is no want for those who fear Him. God's going to take care of everything. We just bring it to Him, whatever it is. You know, it says here, the young lions lack and suffer hunger. They're Times you've ever watched, uh, you know, National Geographic or whatever, you get the little lion sitting there and they're very much vulnerable, even though they're a lion, there are other lionesses or lions that will come and eat them because they're alone and they're not protected they're hungry they're sitting there they're waiting for their mom to bring food they can't provide for themselves so david is using them as an example you know the young lions they can lack and suffer hunger but those who seek the lord shall not lack in any good thing does that mean we may never we're never going to you know miss a meal or whatever i don't know you know we might we might be in a car and break down and oh hey you know what I missed lunch but god's going to hes going to provide for us You know, consider Elijah, you know, Elijah, God's got, you know, birds bringing him food, you know, and he brought him to, you know, in the middle of a, of a drought brings him to running water where he's got water and he's got birds delivering him food. I mean, that's the Lord's provision right there that we can just trust in the Lord. We've got nothing to fear. There's, you know, but how often do our circumstances lie to us? Oh, I got to freak out. Freaking out's going to do it. The more I freak out, the better it's going to get, right? I don't know you guys, but I have, oh my goodness, I've gone down that trail about 494,000 times, you know, you just get down that trail, I just got to freak out about it, and as I freak out about it, it's somehow going to get better, no, just settle down, go to the Lord, he's going to provide, he's going to take care of us, come you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Come is, you know, where it says, come, you children, listen to me. You know, the, if, you, if you look into the book of Proverbs and where uh, the, as Solomon's writing, he's, he's speaking as, as wisdom. And he's, he's talking about, you know, wisdom crying out and men are just rejecting wisdom. And, and and how foolish they are. <clears throat> you know, it would be foolish for us to not listen. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You know, those are uh, practical things for us. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. You know, where James is telling us how big a fire our tongue can spread. It can start and just, and just, just takes over. Think of that. It's not a literal forest fire. Have you ever seen the fire that spreads from somebody saying something that they shouldn't say? Woo, now everything's going around the school and everything. So uh, I'll share a story. There was... um. I hope I haven't shared this uh, before and now here I am acting like I haven't, but uh, um, I was in high school and um, somebody had uh, <clears throat> had commented um, a, a girl that I was dating had uh, a t-shirt of mine and uh, she had it on and somebody who was new to the school uh, from Boston said something about the back of the t-shirt. And then they come up to me and they're like, hey, the new kid's talking about you're talking to your girlfriend or whatever, right? And uh, this is not an endorsement of of dating or any of the just the story. Just, just look at the, the story overall. And then all of a sudden it's spreading through the school. John wants to fight this kid. You know, here's this new kid, and he's just like reading the back because it was some uh, rap group's thing, and and he just read it, you know, and, and uh, it spread, and it gets to this, and everybody's telling this kid, hey, you're going to fight. And so he, all he hears is that somebody wants to fight him. So I'm sitting in the gym, sitting there, and I'm uh, talking to a few people, and boom, he kicks in the door. Anybody wants to fight with me? Let's go right now. And this kid that loved fighting jumps off the thing, and those two just start pounding on each other. They're beating each other up. They're just going right at it, man. And it all started, and, and they, they turned out to be good friends and everything. And and they but it all started just from somebody just spreading something. It spread like wildfire all through the school. And these guys are getting Saturday detentions and you know suspensions from school and all that. Just I didn't even say anything. You know, but somebody said, "Oh yeah, hey, that was John's shirt." Somebody said it. Oh, he's he's he, you know, he's hitting and, and, and you know every oh he's hitting on all the girls in school. Everybody's getting all fired up, and this fight just happens. It was it's a, it's probably a silly example. I'm sorry, but uh, that that's the one that just popped into my. Mind. It just it spreads like wildfire. Those those stupid things. Keep your tongue from evil, especially us Christians. Let this not be said of us that we're gossipers, that we're spreading false things. Just keep our mouths shut. We don't, we're not, we are we are actually commanded not to be backbiters, not to be gossipers in the scripture. We should not be the ones that are spreading the lies and spreading the wildfire. The evil. And you know, keep where it says keep and your lips from speaking deceit. That we would be. As the scripture says, let our yes be yes and our no be no, that we would be known for the truth that comes out of our lives and out of our mouths. Um, I worked in uh, military recruiting, as you guys know, for 18 and a half years. When you hear recruiter, what a lot of people think of, ah, one of those, right? Now, Becky, you worked in car sales, right? Yeah, as soon as the cars, oh, you know, you just automatically, don't trust them, don't trust. There are certain, those certain things. You know, as Christians, we should be known as people that love the Lord, that follow the Lord, that we're people of our word, that we're not out there gossiping, we're not out there, uh, you know, spreading lies. Not that we're not deceitful, that we're not trying to. Why? Why would we deceive somebody because we're trying to take advantage of them? That's why people deceive people because they want something from them. That shouldn't be for the Christian at all. <clears throat> There's the command here: do not uh, depart. Uh, from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. That's a when you look at that, there's there's a lot that can come from that, but it's it's a very clear command. Depart from evil and do good. Yeah, that's what we're called to do in repentance, right? Repentance, you know repentance is just a hundred and eighty degrees. You are going in this direction, you need to turn back to the Lord and go to him. So where it says, depart from evil and do good, it's that's a picture of repentance. My life is filled with this. I want this. I need to turn from that and go to God. So departing from evil and doing good, that's, that's how it happens. We turn to God and ask him. Seek peace and pursue it. You now, peace is so valuable. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you guys, but I know in my life when I've you just when we don't have that peace between you know, with with somebody, we don't have that peace. Doesn't it eat at your heart? Doesn't it eat at your mind? You don't sleep well. You don't sometimes eat well. You can't relax. Just seek the peace and pursue it, and be like, you know what? The pursuing means, you know what? I'm going to drive over and I'm going to have that discussion. I'm going to pick up the phone right now. I'm going to text him and say, Hey, can we talk? Can we get Can we get through whatever this is? There's a lot of wisdom in that. The very, very wise to do so. Verse 15 The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. I want the Lord's eyes to be focused on me. I want to be seeking his face. And as we do, it's not in our righteousness, it's when we're trusting in him for his righteousness. There are times where we are righteous in certain situations. But overall, we don't have any righteousness in and of ourselves. Our righteousness is his righteousness upon us. But as we seek the Lord and we're trusting in him, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. You know, Lord, as, as your child, I'm coming to you. And he wants us to cry out. He hears us. We we spoke of that uh, in an earlier verse here in verse 4. Uh, we discuss his ears are open to their cry. You know, the, it's not that the Lord is, uh, you know, with the, the lightning bolt just ready to, you know, just right. Yep, there they are right there. You know, the, the Lord, he, he's, his eyes are looking. And his ears are open to their cry. This is a loving God. I don't know how, when you look at the scripture how if somebody especially if they read the scripture in its entirety that they can come to the point where they think that god is an angry god not if you have the proper context of the scripture they might cherry pick something and go wait a minute why would he say to do that why would he say to do that well you got to know the rest of the story you know you got to go back and you have to look at these things you know one of the biggest things that i've I've heard um you know, in mainstream uh culture is, oh no, you know I'm not going to serve a God that would uh, that everybody says is loving but but that would send people to hell. You know we have a gracious Lord that has done everything he can to ensure that everybody has the chance to avoid hell everything he's done everything oh. Somebody says that and be like, all right, show me <laughs> where because I'm going to take you to John three sixteen. I'm going to take you to Romans five eight. I'm going to take you to Romans six twenty three. You're going to see it all, and we're going to look at the grace of God and see what He's done, and then you tell me that He's an angry God and that that He doesn't love us. Oh, that His eyes are on the righteous, His ears are open to their cry. Ah, that's the that's our loving Father that He wants to. He, he's looking at our lives. He wants us to cry out to Him. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the uh, the remembrance of them uh, from the earth. Some people are bent bent on wickedness. When you see in the Scripture, especially when you consider the wicked that are addressed here in the Psalms, that they're bloodthirsty, where it says that they lie in wait. <clears throat> those lying, I, I've been a part of that before. I'll be honest. I've been I've been the one literally. We were laying in a field, hiding, waiting for these three guys to walk by. And then we were all, I was scared to death. I thought we were going to get in trouble. You know, I uh, i might have acted tough, but I was scared to death. And uh, we had uh, four of us, maybe five of us. And uh, these two guys didn't like these uh, two freshmen that were mouthing off to them. And they knew where they were, and they were walking. And they're driving around in their parents' minivan. <laughs> And uh, these these two seniors had it out for these two guys, and and um, they uh, they see me and and it was two two of my buddies. They're like, "Come on, we're going to get them." So we're like, "Yeah, let's go!" And I'm like, "I hope we don't find them," <laughs> you know, I'm just just sitting there because I'm I was always uh, acting like because I was so I was a junior. I was always acting like I was all in on everything, scared to death. I hope something happens so we can get away. And I know, I know uh, at least one of my buddies who, who, that was with me was of the same mind. And so we go in the van. I'm like, oh, we're never going to find them. And lo and behold, there they are. I'm like, Ugh. so we drive by them. And uh, as we drove by, we got ahead of them, pulled over into this field. And uh, we're laying in wait in this field. Okay. And everybody's hiding. And these guys go by and then I hear the two guys that are after these guys and they get up and they run over and I hear the scuffle and I'm like, well, finally I'll stand up. I wasn't afraid of really getting beat up because you know, I was in, uh, these guys were, you know, football player friends of mine. And, and I knew these guys that, that they were jumping, uh, you know, little town of Bucks there's a lot going on. And, um, back in 19, must've been 96 and, uh, And they came out, and they beat this one kid up. And uh, and then afterward, you know, after they beat him up, we thought everything's done. And then one guy just goes over and had a cast on his hand, smacks him in the head again. And we're like, dude, relax. This is all over with. And he he, he jumps on him. And then in true small-town fashion, oh, man, I'm sorry. You guys need a ride home. We get them all in the van, and we drive away. You know, that's an evil thing to do. That's a wrong thing to do. You know, and I was involved in it. You know, I, I I did. I was like, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm saying, I'm pushing them along and doing all these things, but you know, inside I'm scared to death. But you know, when when the when the psalm is talking about those who lie in wait, that that's a wicked thing to do. That's an evil thing to do. And it it just to be brutally honest, I've been there. I've been there, literally waiting to shed blood. I was right there with them. You know. But what does the proverbs tell us? What does proverbs tell us? Don't hang out with those guys that want to do it, right? I was scared to death. I didn't want to be there. I kind of did, kind of didn't. you know. And I didn't want to see anybody get hurt, but I kind of did because I was like, oh, it's going to be a fight. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. It was always a, a conflict within me. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Those that are looking to shed, they want to kill people. The, believe it or not, there are people that are just all about killing. They're all about violence, all about just, you know, they're going to break right in. They're going to take whatever they want. They are, the face of the Lord is against that person. You know, in his mercy, he hasn't taken them out yet. You know, there's still opportunity for them to repent, but man, they better do it quickly because especially the lives they're leading, what do we see? They end up falling into their own traps, right? That's what Proverbs tells us. They fall into their own snare. 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. We have spoken of this before. That uh, And I know I brought it up, I think even recently, the Pharisee and the tax collector up on you know going before the lord the pharisee boasting in how good he is lord i thank you that i tied i thank you that i do these things and that you know i i he's he's just boasting about all the things that he does and he's literally i you know I, that i'm not like this man that i'm not a sinner like this guy and then there's the sinner that just says i am so broken lord i can't even look up at you that right there that's a broken and contrite heart The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such who has a contrite spirit. Because Jesus even said that he said, which one went down justified, which one went down with salvation. The one that cried out saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. If it's even that, that, that basic, most of the time, uh, the, the salvation that I've, I've experienced that I've heard of, uh, Oliver called me yesterday and we had a, uh, pretty good conversation. It was a blessing to hear of somebody, a loved one in his life. And uh, he was just saying in there, he's like, man, this this individual it has been it's been such a blessing to hear that they're getting to a point that, uh, you know, they they had heard these things and, and, you know, they're living their life and all these things. But all of a sudden, somebody gives them a Bible. And then all of a sudden they're driven to this Bible after some time of having it, and they just start reading in Genesis, and they get saved. And Oliver's talking to me, he's like, "Dude, they're reading Genesis, and, and just got saved right then." You know, God, God can. And and then they're explaining, yeah, I just read through uh, you know Exodus, and I'm going into Leviticus. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a lot in in Leviticus. You know, just hey, just so you understand, you know, you you just. You know, God God can use the most obscure of 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 uh, you know scriptures. Don't ever discourage somebody from reading scripture. Uh, they might need some guidance and some help, you know, through some certain things. But what this individual told Oliver though was, as she's reading this, she says, "I believe every word that I'm reading." I believe every word that I'm reading, the Holy Spirit is ministering to her. We talked about the Holy Spirit this morning in John 16, the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is speaking to her and just leading her through. And what does the spirit do? Leads and reveals Jesus Christ and leads men to him, right? That's, 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 that's the, the work of the Holy Spirit undeniable as, as you, as you see, okay, there's a Bible there and it just, all of a sudden she just, you know what? I got to read that. Where is that Bible? Starts reading it, starts reading in Genesis. I believe everything that's in here comes to faith in Christ by, by reading that. That's the work of the, there's, there's no way anybody's going to convince me that that's a coincidence. That's the work of the Holy Spirit ministering, calling that, that young lady to faith in Him, yeah. that she got to a point of a broken and contr- a broken heart, a contrite spirit, and going, what I have is not enough. What is this stuff? This is junk. That's the spirit, right? Because we also talked about the the spirit convicting. That as the the spirit convicts and shows the need, no, the, what you're experiencing, this this here is wrong in your life. What I've often seen. Especially from those um, that are uh, experiencing, and, and I've had uh, many loved ones in my family uh, dealing with with heavy, heavy addiction issues. The burden they have in their life is already there. We don't have to go to them and go, uh, you know, because there are moral people that stand uh, that that uh, stand on. Hey, you know what? I've not done this. I've not done. They don't have a lot of these. The this this weight of, of uh, this uh, immorality happening in their lives. But what I but we, all we need to do is say all right the good test you guys ever seen the good test like yeah, type good, YouTube the good test and you watch this guy and he's like, you ever told a lie and he'll bring it right to you and he goes oh so that's a sin. Well if you've sinned then that brings you into this category. And then we realize our depravity as the Holy Spirit's opening their eyes at that point brought them to that point, they hear of how deprived they are how depraved they are at that point, right? There are times, and the reason I say those um, that I love in my life that that carry such a heavy burden that uh, specifically we're dealing uh, with substance abuse is because of the things that they've done to support that habit. This, oh, you don't know who I've stolen from. You don't know what I've done and everything. You know what? I don't. I don't need to know all that stuff. But I can tell you right now, we're having this conversation because God wants you to hear that his yoke is easy, his burden is light, that he has grace that it, that's all sufficient, that he, you can come to him and he's going to wipe it clean. You want a clean slate? Guys, there's nothing better than a clean slate, right? There's nothing better that we can, well, okay, let's wipe the slate clean. You've heard that before. We're going to clean the slate. Everything's done. You know, now we're working on a level ground. There's nothing there. Everything else, that, that's that's all the junk, all the muck that was here, all that's gone. And now there's a clean slate. There's a new start. You offer th- anybody who's walking down is so heavily burdened. We don't really need to sit down and have a, okay, now let's talk. Like, uh, you know, Oliver was talking about this physicist and everything. You, know, you could just sit down and say, hey, you know, God loves you and he doesn't want you to carry that burden anymore. Some people, that's just the tears are going to flow. Other people are going to say, you know, oh, you know what? I need to hear some big scientific argument. They're not going to come to me for that. I can tell you the science. I can just tell you, "Hey, science proves God." And that's where I stand. If you need to learn more, read this book. You know, that's probably what I'm going to do to him. I'm sorry. Or I'm going to call over and go, "Hey, talk to this guy." You know, I'm just gonna, you know, I know a guy, right? And we're going to have them talk. The Lord can minister to any broken heart, any contrite spirit. And the Lord loves those things and he loves to restore. Oh, the Lord loves to restore. He's, he's all about that. Where are we? Verse 19. I think so. Many are the affliction, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You know, we may suffer wrong for doing the right thing. The Lord's going to deliver us out of those things. You know, the the situation we're facing or whatever, the Lord's going to deliver us. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Now, remember the situation David was in right? David's running from Saul. He's acting like he's crazy in front of this guy. He's run up. He's hiding in a cave. And when he says many are the afflictions of the righteous, this is a man speaking from experience and he's sharing it. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. That specific verse may sound familiar regarding Christ. You know, when 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 Jesus died, um, they they didn't break his legs. You know, the 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 two uh, that were crucified next to him, Jesus had, had already died. He had already given up the ghost, and he's he's still hanging on the cross. And to make sure Jesus is dead, rather than breaking his legs, they stab him in the side with a spear, and blood and water poured out of him. Guys, if you ever need to describe, you know, oh, Jesus wasn't really dead, and they, you know, he went through. No, 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 no. You take him through in the scripture everything that he went through. Combine all the four uh, gospel accounts and talk about it, and then they stab him in the heart, and blood and water's pouring out. We don't survive a stabbing in the heart and then being thrown in a cold grave. You know, you're not just gonna I, automatically he's gonna close up someday, and all that blood's gonna go back in your body and everything. He was dead. But none of his bones were broken. They didn't break his 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 bones and his legs like they did the other two to speed up, because those bones they were able to push themselves up and breathe, so they weren't suffocating. That's how a lot of people died in crucifixion with suffocation. They no longer had the strength to pull themselves up anymore. So they'd break their legs, speeding up the process. Jesus, they didn't do that. Fulfilled prophecy there. Verse 21. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. Uh, we've we've just talked about it. Even and you can just open the book of Proverbs and start reading through and it. Those own snares they set for themselves, the evil that they had planned—that's going to swallow them up, or it's going to be the other evil crew that they've been running with. You know that when, uh, it, unfortunately, <clears throat> you can watch shows. Um, at First forty-eight. I know I brought that up before, but I, I've watched that uh, quite a few times. And it's almost always the person that, that, that loses their life. And then the, the focus of the, of the show is the first 48 for hours from when the crime happens. <clears throat> and after 48 hours, uh, after so much time, the, uh, the uh, chances of solving that case and uh, getting to the bottom of it, those detectives are on a two-day co- uh, two clock. They, they're, you're going to be able to gather the most in two days and 48 hours. Almost every single one of them can be tied to drugs, money, things that people have done wrong for other people, that that evil sets a snare for them. and they end up, Now, sometimes it's, it's like a random drive-by shooting or something that's happened and somebody just gets hit in the neck or something. It's awful. It's very unfortunate. But this is speaking of the evil shall slay the wicked. Those, the wicked that love that evil, that evil itself is going to swallow them up. And those who hate the righteous uh, shall be condemned, it says. Verse 22, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trusted him shall be condemned. There's no condemnation for us, right? There is therefore no condemnation to those of us that are in Christ Jesus. The condemnation's gone, guys. You know, our enemy, our past... You know, you catch your mind kind of drifting back and reminding us, oh, I've done that. I've done that. I'm not worthy of God. Wait a minute. You know, Jesus, John 3, 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved, right? God didn't send Jesus Christ to condemn the world. He came, send him to save the world. We have a savior that we can just trust in. We can boast in. That with that, I love. I love that it says here: the Lord redeems the soul of His servants, and none of those who trust in Him shall be condemned. As we place our faith and trust in Christ, we will not be condemned. In this world, we might die in this world. There are several Christians who have died in this world who have been condemned by uh, sinful people that have have taken their lives. You know, they have been they have died. They've died martyrs' deaths. Their soul didn't perish. They're in heaven with the Lord and a great reward from him. You know, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. that, That condemnation is gone as we stand in him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful that, Lord, we can trust you with everything. That, Lord, as we read the words of David, a man that was hiding in a cave, that was running from a king seeking his life that had to fake being mad to save his life and then to go to a cave and he's instantly stirred to write a song to you and about you and your faithfulness and and your protection and your love oh god you are so good you are so so good lord Lord, help us to remember that there is no condemnation for us. But as we stand in you, we stand in your righteousness. New creations in Christ. The old is past, the new is come, Lord. That we stand in your mercy and in your grace. We love you, we thank you, we ask you to please protect us. Be with us as we leave this place tonight, Lord. That you would use us as lights in our workplaces uh, in our communities, in our homes, around uh, others, wherever we are, Lord, that the words of of life would uh, come from our, our lips, not any type of deceit or evil, Lord, but that we would be about your kingdom and what you have for us, that so we would praise you with our lips and by how we conduct ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.